Well, good morning, everybody. How are you? Doing good? You ready? Excited to jump right in here, huh? Come on. All right. All right. I just want to make sure the people that came to last service, um, most of the time they spent our time together like this. I think. I think. So why don't we just ask the Lord to help us today? Amen. We open ourselves up to the possibility that God wants to say something to us and maybe the echo chambers that we're living in are problematic to our lives. Perhaps we need to hear the truth. Perhaps we need to hear the word of God. Don't you think? I, mean, I, th- I think that's a good thing. So, uh, you know, if you don't agree, that's fine. But you're here, so maybe you'll listen. You know, we're continuing a series today uh, called Do the Right Thing. I've found that in the world that we're living in, more and more people are having a harder time to know what to do, you know, what's the right thing to do, what's the wrong thing to do, you know, what, what should I be doing in this, how should I respond to this situation, you know, perhaps you've asked that thing, you've had that same thought, you know, of, of, of what exactly does God want me to do, not, not does, what does everybody else want me to do? Because everybody seems to have an agenda. You know, it's like, here, you do this, and, and as long as you do that, we'll like you. But if you don't do that, you know, then we're really going to not like you, and we might even, you know, ship you off somewhere because we don't want to see you anymore. I don't know if you've experienced that, but I have on some level. And so, Lord Jesus, would you help me to, um, would you help me to communicate your word as effectively as I possibly can? And so intercessors out there, will you pray for me too, that I might do that? Okay, series verse, starting in Proverbs. This is the the verse that we've been uh, sharing with one another through this series, Proverbs chapter 3 and then James chapter 1. So two places we'll read just to kind of set the tone for this entire series. Proverbs chapter 3, starting in verse 21. Listen to this. My child, never drift off course from these two goals in your life. Listen, to walk in wisdom and to discover discernment. So the goal of our life, as Proverbs says, is we need to walk in wisdom and we need to discover discernment. He goes on to say, don't ever forget how they empower you. Then he says, for they strengthen you inside and out and inspire you, look at this, to do what's right. So if you want to know what to do, if you want to know what's right to do, then you've got to get the word of God in you. And so he says, as these things inspire us, it'll help us do what's right. We'll be able to be energized and refreshed by the healing that they bring. Man, that's good. That's a great promise, isn't it? And then James 1.5. And this is where we'll spend most of our time today. James 1.5. If you need wisdom, listen, 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 listen. Ask. Ask. Ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. I thank God that, that when I ask for wisdom, he hears me that he's not going to rebuke me for asking, that when in any situation I'm dealing with, if I will take the time to ask God what's wise, he's going to show me 
what's wise. So we've been asking the question, what's wise? Not just what's right or what's wrong. There's something about asking, is it wise, that helps kind of blaze a trail through sometimes the difficulties that we face. And some of the things that we have to make, just absolutely recognize is that, is that we're ever going to have wisdom in our life. We have to have a proper relationship with God. It starts with a proper relationship with God. But today, I want to just simply deal with this idea, and that's this. Wisdom is freely given to believers who desire to have it. I know that's pretty straightforward, and this entire series is going to be pretty straightforward because it's hard to read through Proverbs and it's hard to read through the book of James and not have it straight and strong. It just is. And so we're going to have to do our best to navigate ourselves through that. And our job is not to push our agenda on the Word of God, but it's to allow the Word of God to push its agenda on us. My job is to change in response to the Word of God. It's important. I find that sometimes we want to just make it say what we want it to say. <laughs> you, ever, you ever felt like that? And so wisdom is freely given to, to believers who desire to have it. Now, we read in verse 5, if, 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 if you need wisdom, ask. Say ask. Okay, so we should ask, the Bible says. We should ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But then watch this. Verse 6. <laughs> Here comes the big but. You guys ready? Here it is. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. rut -row. That's a contrast, isn't it? That's a contrast to what he just said previously. He's saying, look, God is going to answer your prayer. If you pray and you ask him, he will answer that prayer. But he says, if you do this, he says, but, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Man, that's important. Isn't that important? Then he goes on. He says, do not waver. For a person with divided loyalties is as unsettled as the waves of the sea. They're blown back and forth. You know what I'm talking about? Have you felt like you've been blown back and forth, back and forth sometimes between two ideas? He says, be careful not to be blown back and forth. It's one of those things that you think about. It's like there's an idea over here and there's an idea over here. And, and sometimes we go and we read that idea and we're like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> and then we're like, yeah, I'll take some of that. And then we'll come over here and we'll take some, oh, that's a good idea too. And I'll take some of that. And, and the problem is, is that we're being blown back and forth, back and forth. And the word of God still stands in the middle as a foundation for all believers in Jesus Christ. The question is, is will we be tossed back and forth, back and forth? Let me just say this to you today. If you find yourself being tossed back and forth, back and forth, let me be clear. It is not God's will or God's plan for that to happen to you. But you got to hear me. You got to hear what I'm saying. He goes on in verse 7. He says, these people... <laughs> Nobody likes to be referred to as these people, you know? He, he says, such people, such people 
should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Ouch! James, come on, man. Why do you got to say that? I mean, why do you have to say that? You just said it was great. If I ask, you'll give, and it's going to be great. And then you got to insert that. We should not expect to receive anything from the Lord if we don't ask him. As Lord, 100%. And then he goes in verse 8, he says, Their loyalty is divided between God and the world. And they are unstable in everything that they do. Here, let me give you an example. You, you were invited to a dinner party. They're not doing those right now. So uh, you, you were invited to an online group on Zoom. And there was this person that you'd never met, and they were on the online Zoom call with you, and, and they started to talk to you about how much they really enjoyed the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> And they were just saying, I love the Chicago Cubs. They're just great. I just, I love them. But then in the same sentence, they come out and they say, and I really love the Cardinals too. There's a part of you that's like, these two things cannot coexist. There's a problem here. I don't under, you get it. There's a, there's a cognitive dissonance that sets in and says something's wrong with this picture. Because, see, you can't have a divided loyalty. You see what I'm getting at? See, that's what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying is that we can't have a divided loyalty and then expect to ask God to do something. God's like, what are you talking about? Why don't you go ask the one you were looking for yesterday? Why don't you go put your time there? And then he's not doing that in a mean way. He's just simply trying to get his kids to see who he is. That he's a loving father and that if you ask him, he's going to give it to you. But he's asking that you ask him with a full commitment to who he is and what he can do. He's definitely not looking for a divided loyalty. And so if we want wisdom, the Bible says that we ask. If we desire it, he'll give it to us. And so number one, it's very simple today, guys. Here we are. Number one, we have to ask for wisdom. See, God is willing to give us wisdom. He wants to give us greater wisdom. And matter of fact, in any decision that you need to make right now, God will flood your heart and mind with greater wisdom if you will ask. But, but, make sure, right? That's what he says. Be sure that your faith is in God alone. That's important. You know, sometimes I feel like we just, we kind of just gloss over that one. Like, I like the phrase, you know, ask God and he'll give it to you. And you're like, yeah, whoa, I love that. But then he follows it up with in God alone. And you're like, well, that's a little different. I mean, that seems to hmm, raise the ante a little bit, doesn't it? I love the way Jesus says it. So Jesus in Luke chapter 11, he, he's kind of talking about some of this stuff and he's talking about asking God. And, and look, look what he says in verse 9, chapter 11 of Luke. And I tell you, ask. See, it's kind of recurring. Ask and you, it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Do you notice that there's this kind of progression? There's this activity. It's not a passive thing. It's not a passive thing. It's not where you're just kind of like, you just sit there and God just keeps... Dropping blessings on your life. Now, he probably does that some. 
But ultimately, what he's looking for are people who participate in what he's doing. You want to unlock the blessings of God. You want to unlock wisdom in your life. You've got to ask. You've got to seek. You've got to knock. And the Bible says that if you do that, watch in verse 10, for everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks it will be open. Come on. And then he goes in verse 11, and he's like, look, if you don't understand it yet, let me help you understand it. Think of a father. Verse 11, he says, what, what father among you? If his son asked him for a fish instead of a fish would give him a serpent. Like that's what Jesus asked. And all the fathers in the room are like, why would I do that? Or, or he goes on, he says, or if he asked for an egg, give him a scorpion. No father in here would do that, I wouldn't think, unless you're nuts. A little off, you know, mentally or something. But, 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 but he says, who would do that? And what he's trying to get us to see is that our loving father would never do that. That God would never do that. Jesus, the one who knew the father, the son, said, this is not my God. My God would answer. And then he says this. And, and, and listen, he's saying this to you and to me. I'll include myself. But this is what he says. If you then who are evil, thank you, Jesus, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit if you ask for it? Do you see? So Jesus says, look, even y'all, <laughs> even y'all know how to do this. Don't you think my God, my Father in heaven knows how to do it and is going to answer that prayer? And so he's a good father, and he wants to bless his kids. All he's asking is if you will ask him. He wants to lavish you with his blessings. He wants to give you wisdom. He wants to give you all the things that the word of God promises to you. He just simply is asking for a very clear and undivided loyalty. And so we got to ask for wisdom, the first thing, James says. And then the, the next one is that when we ask, watch this, when we ask, we have to ask in faith in God alone. We have to ask in faith in God alone. Did you, did you notice that in verse 6? He says, but when you ask, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Did you, did you see it? He says, be sure. Are you sure? Are you sure that your faith is in God alone? I don't know about you, but sometimes maybe I let other things get in. You ever felt that way? You ever felt like you've been influenced by something else? We sometimes let our guard down. And the next thing you know, it's not alone. It's like alone became multiple things. It's no longer alone. And God's like, look, you can do that, but I'm not interested. I will not compete for your love or your worship. He won't do it. It's very clear. And I know that's hard. Isn't that hard? You're like, man, he's so demanding. He's so demanding, that God. I know. But isn't it true that he's done more for you than you've done for him? 
So maybe he can be demanding. (laughs) And maybe, just maybe, his demands really aren't demands. They're actually things that are like helping us and we just don't know it, but we just have rebellion problems. (laughs) We have authority issues, come on. And we don't particularly like, you know, a divine person telling us what to do. We'd rather just tell ourselves what to do. Isn't it true? So we have to be sure is what he says. We have to be sure. We have to ask with a very clear assurance that it's faith in God alone. And then watch this. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, talking about this certainty, this single-minded life, this, this focused life on God alone. Paul writes this. He says, for you are all children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. You are a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, you may be a created, you may be created in the image of God, and that is true of all people, but that does not mean that you are a child of God without the faith. You are created by God, but that doesn't mean you've been brought into the family. And so, see, Galatians is clear on that, is that we become children of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Then in verse 27, he goes on, he says, And all who have been united with Christ in baptism and put on Christ. See, what he's saying is, as you gave your life to Christ and as you put on baptism, so to speak, it's like you're wearing a garment around in the world and saying, Hey, look at me. I'm a Christ follower. And everybody in the room is like, Boo, boo, sit down. We don't like those Christ followers anymore. They're mean. I've, I've met some mean Christians. You ever met a mean Christian? God help us. He goes on. He says, you put on this baptism. You put on your new clothes and you're strutting around uh, as a child of God. Let me just say this for somebody in the room. Somebody in here is living less than what God has given you. Like you're a child of God. He's giving you new garments, and you're living in the mud. And God is saying to you, get out of there. Get out of there. You come to me, and I'll get you cleaned up. You come to me and know that you're a child of God. But then it gets, it, it gets even better. You think, wow, that's really good. No, it gets better. He says this. He says, there is no longer, listen to this, there is no longer Jew or Gentile. There's no longer slave or free. There's no longer male and female. Do you see what he's getting at? He's saying that that in Christ, that that, that single-mindedness, that Christ alone, that is where we live. That is our bread and butter. That is where we make our money. That is it. Nothing else. He says it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile, slave or free, male or female, or insert anything you want. Political group, club that you're a part of, whatever, your preference, your opinion. If you're in Christ, you are no longer those things. You are no longer giving your allegiance to those things. Your allegiance is to Christ alone. For for, for he goes on, he says, for you, are all one in Christ Jesus. Let me say this. If you see division, let me be clear. Division is not from God. It's just not. The enemy is busy, friends. 
He's busy. And some of us, man, we've bought hook, line, and sinker in that thing, and we just keep going. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, no, 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 no. God's not interested in that. He says, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. He says you are his heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. In other words, all the promises of God are yours if you want them. And so I ask you, are you sure? When you ask, are you sure? Or not? And I'm just saying, James is so clear about this. Is Don't do that. He's like, don't do that because God's not answering. Anybody here not want God to answer? I mean, I, I do. I want him to answer when I pray. And so he simply says, right here, right here, get your eyes on me, kid. Son, daughter, get your eyes on me. Don't, don't put them over here or over here. Get them on me. That's pretty simple, isn't it? It's not easy to do sometimes, but it's a simple concept. I love the way that Peter says it. So in Peter, Peter's speaking, and this is in Mark's gospel, Mark chapter 10, verse 28. Peter, he, he speaks up. And, you know, I love how Peter sometimes says things. And he says, he says this to Jesus. He says, Jesus, we've left everything to follow you. We've left everything. And I think there's two sides to that. Sometimes it's, Jesus, I've left everything for you. Have you not seen what I've done? Have you not seen how hard I've worked for you, Jesus? Have you not seen that I've read my Bible every day? And I'm sick. And what are you doing about it? See, that's, that's a different way to see it, right? And I think that happens in our life sometimes when we don't see Jesus coming through the way that we think he should or in the timing that we hope he will. We sometimes start saying, Jesus, don't you know? you know what I've done? But then there's the flip side to what Peter said. We've left everything to follow you. Like he's like, I gave everything. Like you are my single focus. You are my single focus. I gave up everything, not because I want something in return, but because you are worthy of my life. You're worthy of everything that you said. And I want it and I want it. And I want you more than I want this world. That's what I want. That's what we need. We have divided loyalties, don't we? And that's what James is getting at. Listen to this in 1 Kings 8, 61. It says, let your heart there, therefore be wholly devoted to the Lord our God, to walk in his statutes and keep his commandments. Wholly devoted. You know what that means? Completely devoted. Here, let me say it a different way. Perfectly devoted to God. Not 99.9%. Like God, I'll give you 99.9%, .9%, but I'm keeping that 0.1. Nope. Not interested. He's not making that deal ever. And he's not negotiating. You're like, that's not fair. Is it not Jesus Christ gave everything for you. He's done way more for me than I could ever do for him. He 
He's worth my life. He's worth every ounce of my energy. He's worth every moment, every day. He is worthy of it. So are you sure? I love the way the missionary Hudson Taylor said it. He he says it this way. He said, Christ is either Lord of all or Christ is not Lord at all. He's either Lord of all or he's not Christ at all. See, 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 disciples of Jesus Christ understand that they have to put their faith only in Jesus. And now I know that I've been talking way up here. And, I, and so let me, let me bring it down a little bit into this practical place. You know, what does this look like, Pastor? What does this look like for me to live with an allegiance to Jesus alone? Well, it looks this way in a practical sense. Like with all the stuff that's going on in the world. All the challenges that we're facing. You know what I'm talking about? You, you ever watch the news? You seen any of this? There's all kinds of crazy things happening and there's parts of you that get frustrated and angry and here's the thing I'm noticing is it seems like we're only getting angry about the things that we think are wrong. But is it possible that the thing you're not getting angry about is also wrong? Is it possible that, yeah, that's wrong and we don't like it? Racism is wrong. Killing cops is wrong. It's just wrong, people. Any form of brutality is wrong. It's not okay. Injustice is wrong. As Christians, we should fight against it always. Life matters to God. And as a thinking Christian, I can hold these things in tension. I can live in tension with all of these things and still stand up and say, wrong, 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 wrong. Because God has a better way. His way is above that. His way is to say, yeah, guys, that's not right. I know you want me to join your club. I know you want me to get on board. But I'm not, because guess what? My allegiance is to Christ alone. And some of you right now are getting, you're like having this, there's this dissidence in you right now where you're frustrated. You're like, Pastor, what are you saying? Are you saying that, should I, I, should, I shouldn't say it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to say it. I'm saying that your allegiance is to Jesus Christ. Is that clear? I think that's clear. And so we have to ask. We have to make sure that when we ask, it's in Christ alone. And then finally, here it is, guys, and I'll end with this. Ask with undivided loyalty. Remember the whole Cubs, Cardinals thing? Doesn't work. It just doesn't work. There's no room for that in God's kingdom. Because isn't it true that divided loyalty makes us impressionable? Let me, let, me, let me just tell you. Guys, I'm telling you, this is messed up. I, I watched this. I watched this. Uh, I don't even know what it was called. I watched something this week. And um, it was on Netflix. It's, uh, it's called the, the Social Dilemma. Holy moly. I, I understand that it's probably propaganda. I'm just saying that it's super interesting. Okay? But what I walked away from was this idea that There are things being communicated to me that are only communicated to me. So in other words, if you search on your phone, 
There's algorithms that follow that. Those algorithms reinforce what you already believe. And so you live your life in an echo chamber. My phone has certain things. Your phone has completely different things. And I didn't even know it. Like, I just assumed everybody's feed was the same. But it's not. And so here's my point. Do you think that has any bearing on which way we go? Like, if you're being fed the same thing over and over again, never, ever being challenged, well, what does it do? It just reinforces what you already think. But maybe, maybe that's problematic. Because, see, when we have a divided loyalty, what happens is those impressions, those things that I read, those things that I watch, those things, they make an impression on me. And what happens is those impressions start to inform my thinking, and then it starts to sometimes, if there's divided loyalty in me, it causes me to move one way or the other. Guys, I'm preaching really good right now. I'm telling you, this is good. It's going to help you. See, divided loyalty creates confusion, doesn't it? Divided loyalty ensures that I won't receive wisdom from God, is what the Bible says. Divided loyalty decreases our relationship with God and increases our relationship with the world. Divided loyalty makes us unstable in everything that we do. And you don't want to be unstable. I don't want to be unstable. When we sit in a chair, we want to make sure that the chair works. We don't want it to be unstable. You ever had someone pull that joke on you where they put the sheet over the chairs and they moved it? Am I the only one? <laughs> like they put a sheet over it and then they moved one of the chairs, but they had the chair there first and everybody was sitting in them. Then they moved the chair and then they cover it back up with a sheet and you come to sit down in the chair and there's no chair. And you go through. I grew up in a different time. Now everybody's so nice, you know, we never do that. We want life to have a foundation. We want to be able to trust that when we sit in the chair, it's going to be there. And here's the facts. With God, you can. I'm going to read this to you, and I'm going to read through it fast because I want to give it to you. Uh, but this is in James chapter 3, and I'm almost done. James chapter 3, 13 through 18. Hear these words. I'm going to give you some really good scripture here. If you are wise and understand God's way, prove it. <laughs> Isn't that good? It's like, hey, I don't care if you talk a good game. He's like, prove it. Prove it by the way you live. Don't be blabbering over there in the corner about how much you love Jesus and then walking out the door and denying him with your lifestyle. Don't do that. He says, prove it with the way that you live. And he says, this is how you live. You live an honorable life. You do good works with humility. It comes from wisdom. And then he goes on, he says, but if you are, are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. He says, don't be a liar. Just be honest. You're selfish. <laughs> Is that okay? You guys are like, man, he's it's okay. He's selfish and you're jealous. And it's like, no, I don't like that. But that's what James is saying. <laughs> and he goes on and he says, such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. That word is evil. He doesn't say they're kind of bad. He's like, you know, 
if you can try not to be jealous, you know, if you can work on not being selfish with your ambition. No, 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 no. He says they're evil. And he goes on, he says, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find, look at it, disorder and evil of every kind. Wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Do we see any of that in our world? But the wisdom, look at this. Look, 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 look. But the wisdom from above. The wisdom from above is first, look, look, is first of all pure. It's not tainted. It's not mixed with other things. It's pure. It's also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. What? It's full of mercy and the fruits of good deeds. It shows no favoritism, and it's always sincere. And then he gives this one, man, and it is so good. Verse 18, he says, And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace, and they will reap a harvest of righteousness. I want to reap a harvest of righteousness in my life. See, because wisdom acts. It proves it. It doesn't just talk a good game. It gets to work. See, wisdom acts in such a way that you lead an honorable life. That means you put others above yourself. It means that you're doing good works. It means that you're humble like Jesus was. Read Philippians chapter 2. See, wisdom is not full of bitter jealousy, selfish ambition, or deception. See, wisdom does, does good deeds for others. It shows no favoritism, and it's always sincere. See, wisdom from above, wisdom from God, that is what it is. Now, you notice he doesn't say wisdom from below. He says wisdom from above. He doesn't say wisdom from people. He doesn't say wisdom from books. He doesn't say wisdom from, from the person next to you. Come on, since you got the above and you got the below, how about the people next to you? It doesn't say that. It doesn't say all the opinions and all the things that you're listening to. No, no, no. It says wisdom is from above. And it starts with a relationship with Jesus. And it starts by asking him to flood you with wisdom. And let me just be clear. Since you're confused, I'm, I'm sure you're confused by this point, right? It was a joke, guys. Come on. Let me see if I can be absolutely clear. In a world that wants to create all kinds of nuance in everything, let me be clear. God's wisdom is different than the world's wisdom. And let me just say this. If it doesn't look like these things that I've described, then it isn't from God. Clear? If it doesn't look like pure, if it doesn't look like peace-loving, if it doesn't look gentle, if it doesn't look selfless, if it doesn't seem merciful, if it's not loving, it's not from God. The FBI works really hard to find counterfeit dollar bills. 
You know how they do it? They spend most of their time focused on the original. They look at dollar bills. They study dollar bills so that when they see a counterfeit, they see it. Friends, there's a lot of counterfeits out there right now. And there are people posing as believers in Jesus Christ. And some of them probably are. They've just been deceived by the devil. But guys, we have to see the counterfeits. We have to see counterfeit wisdom. We have to recognize that God's wisdom is pure. It's peace-loving, gentle, selfless, it's merciful. And then you know what he says? He says, peacemakers are wise. He says, they'll plant wise, peace-filled seeds that will grow in a harvest of righteousness. It doesn't say you'll grow in a harvest of being right. He says a harvest of righteousness, which brings glory to God. See, we're called to be like Jesus. We're called to be more like Jesus, okay? We're called to live lives of honor. We're called to live lives of, of good works, of humility and purity. That's what Jesus was about. We're called to be peace-loving and gentle and selfless. We're called to be merciful. And my hope and prayer is for all of us in this room and in the sounds of my voice, wherever you are, is that that would be your testimony. That you'd prove it with how you live. Don't just tell me what you believe. As James says, show me. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your word. How it challenges us. It makes us better. Lord, each one of us in this room need more of you. But we also have to recognize that there have probably been times in the last week or the last month that maybe we haven't honored you with our voice, with our actions, with our words. And so, God, we just want to ask your forgiveness. God, would you forgive us for being angry at people? Not just being angry, but, but forgive us for acting in that anger. Forgive us for being bitter or, or unforgiving. God, forgive us for creating division with our words. God, we need your help. We can't do it without you. And so, God, we surrender again ourselves to you. If that's you today, just say to him, Lord, I'm sorry. I want to be better. I put my faith and my trust in you 100%. And I ask, God, right now that you'd give me wisdom, that you'd give me greater discernment, that I might serve you in this world better. You know, as I talked talked about are you sure and I just want to ask you that are you sure do you know that you know that you know that Jesus is the savior of the world and that he died for you if you don't I want to be able to pray for you and so if you're here today and that's not your story the Bible says that if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart he will come in and he will change you from the inside out he will save you and he'll help you become the person that he wants you to be and so my heart for you today is that you'd pray this prayer if that, that's where you're at. All you have to do is, 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 is mean it. And so I'm going to repeat a prayer. I'm going to say a prayer, and I'd ask that you repeat it with me, if that's you. Just say this prayer with me. Church, let's all pray this together. Lord Jesus, I need you. I'm sorry for what I've done. 
Will you forgive me of my sins? Will you be my Savior? Will you be my Lord? Will you increase my wisdom? I choose this day to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we celebrate those that are making decisions today? It's so good.